And we're recording. Welcome to Already Cancelled with Ben. I am Ben, the host without the most. I I have accepted who I am. I keep telling y'all this every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Today I am cancelled because I have been playing The Sims for 21 years now. And I, I downloaded Wicked Whim, which is a mod that you can put in the game. It's a very naughty mod, okay? And I'm still using, like, the version from, like, about three or four months ago because I refused to update on my computer because I refused to deal with update testing and crashing from EA side. Anyway, I just found out. I always thought, like, the game, like, added people into these houses. I just found out that the, the, that the sim, the other sims in my town were fucking. And it's not just in my town where my sims live, not just my neighborhood. No, the entire sim world of that game. Don Lothario is a hoe. I, ha- I know you have no idea what I'm discussing. No, I do. No, I play the sims. So I'm, I'm, that's I'm laughing. I'm like, I totally, <laughs> I totally can relate. Fucking hate Don Lothario. There's, <laughs> there's so many better man whores in the world than Don Lothario. He's pretty hideous, let's be honest. I'm like, mm, you could do better. We really could, like... Uh, we need a better heartbreaker than Don Lothario. I, 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 I... Anybody, even Eric from Boy Meets World <laughs> has a better chance. Oh, my God. Not Eric. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. I, and I, I I have my own issues with Will Fidel. I know his real name. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, that's so sad. I mean, I did love him in um, my date with the president's daughter. But, you know, it was the early 2000s. We all liked random people dating the president's daughters in movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had Chasing Liberty. And that was that one weird-ass movie where we chased that girl around the world. Sorry, my head is turning. You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. Do what you got to do. It's all good. Uh, this is what happens. I go into a deep, dark world of the early 2000s, and I don't come out of it. I'm not the one to judge. I love it. It's okay. I promise. <laughs> Welcome to the show to <laughs> um, one of the cousins. Yes. Um, uh, one of my future ex-husbands. One of the, few, the, the five, <laughs> 10, 20. I don't know. Oh, God. Uh, um. <laughs> And uh, a businessman about business. Could you have a business job? Yeah, working corporate tax. So it's pretty businessy. Um, <laughs> that's all we're going to say about what you do for a living. Yeah, let's not get caught with weed. That's in a very high nutshell. Corporate tax, good enough. That's all you need to know. I don't want to know about crimes. I don't want to know about evasions. I don't want to know about what actual place you work at and what you do. That's all we need to know. But tell us your hobbies, tell us your pronouns, tell us who you hate the most in the celebrity world. Oh, gosh. Okay, this is fun. Um, so my name is Chris, both a K, so K-R-I-S. My pronouns are he, him, his. Um, from a hobby standpoint, I usually keep pretty to myself, um, for the most part, like, I have friends, but like for the most part, I kind of keep to myself. So I like to do traveling, go to concerts, um, just kind of going out, having fun, being light. I don't know. 
You um, you sound like a Tinder profile. You sound like the ideal. I know, right? I'm just going. To- <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think like hobby wise. Like I keep it pretty chill. Like, I like my wine. Um, four twenty friendly as well, obviously. Um, of course, of course. I'm trying to think anything else. Honestly, I mean, really, for me, like I'm a huge music consumer. When it comes to like TV and movies per se, I'm not the most engaged. Um, I don't know. I've always liked music. That's been kind of like my baby my entire life, I guess. Whether it's me practicing and playing music or just me having an admiration for music, it's always been like a theme throughout my entire life. I get that. I mean, I danced for a while, so I can't go anywhere without music. Yeah. Know? And then it's also one of the weird things of like, if I don't have music, it's usually a podcast going on, but mm-hmm. 90% of the time it's music and Same. it's like some weird playlist that you made and like when you were high as fuck, not sure what you were doing. None of, of this course. goes together. It happens. And then you find yourself deep in the world of Mariana's Trench listening to Masterpiece Theater 1, 2, and 3, all while, never mind. Um, who do you hate the most in the celebrity realm? <laughs> in the celebrity realm, who do I hate the most? Um, hmm. I would say, oh, that's a tough one. Someone's just like, oh my gosh. I would say, what do I think? You can say in Tyler Perry movies, I'm including anyone in the Tyler Perry world. Oh, as well. I mean, that's most of his discography, so that's not fair. Or <laughs> uh, videography, excuse me, cinematography. You know what I mean. Um, besides the plays themselves, those are absolutely terrible. Um, I would say, if anything, and this is me being partially biased, but um, I'll say right now it's coming for a while, but I'm not the biggest Cardi B fan for various reasons. Um, I just feel like she hasn't. Here's the thing: she's a great personality. She gets headlines, whether we like her or not. Totally fine with that. That's not the issue. My thing is when it comes to like press and accolades and that type of thing. I felt because she is a Latina woman and has, like infiltrated that space, she's had it a bit easier than say like Nicki Minaj or Lil Kim or like other Black women in hip hop. If that makes sense. Well, yeah. So, um, for me, so I feel like she hasn't worked as hard, and I kind of side eye that because she's been getting more press more easily compared to like well, them two when they yeah. first started off. So I'm like, eh, because of that whole, and I get where you're coming from because it feels like that whole, um, how do you say, white is white. If you're no, if you're white, all right. If you're brown, stick around. If you're black, get back, kind of thing. Yeah. And because I, I remember growing up and seeing like the lighter skinned black or Latinx folks getting more attention or, um, or better sense of care than like, you know, black folk. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like they're still getting treated like a minority, but it was still as though like, because you're lighter, you know, the white people can tolerate you more. Yes. I mean, cause like, let's be real. I feel like it's the same thing that Eminem is still out here running around. 20 years, 25 years at this point. Like Eminem is 
out here running around. Asher Roth could not stick around at all. He couldn't. He was just like, I did my thing. I tried. Bubba Sparks, I don't even recognize the man anymore. He became somebody golfing husband. Like, it, I thought we came past her. So better you than I, because I would not know. <laughs> like, it's like one of those things of like, even if, if we look at the hip hop world, every time, you know, we could make the best song, the best lyrics, talking about the real shit, and we do. Yeah. But somehow Eminem is mad at Kim, you know, the baby mama, ex-wife, whatever she is these days. Right. And that gets a Grammy. Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I just can't. I, I, I can't. I can't. It's I the white gays. I mean, that's more or less what it is. G-A-Z-E, not white gays. We'll get to that in a bit, but white gays, uh, he's more palatable. It, it is. It's, and it, it's, it's, it's shitty, and it, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks so much because, like, I because I do think Cardi's fun. I love Cardi, and I hate the concept of... I used to like her. I used to like her. It's the thing. I used to didn't dislike her, but... I don't know. I mean, first of all, her face is Nicki Minaj now. Let's call it what it is. Like, she looks like Nicki Minaj. Like, it's okay if you're Barb sis. We all too. Like, it's fine. Like, it's okay. I mean, I've been um, around. <laughs> you know what's funny? You know what's crazy is like, I, because I remember when we were growing up, I used to love Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. And Queen Latifah rapping is what made me love female rappers and MCs. Yeah. And it's crazy because, like, I know in my heart of hearts that my favorite current female rapper is Rhapsody. Fair. Okay? Fair. But Rhapsody doesn't get played because Rhapsody isn't, how do I put it? She's not trying. She's not palatable to the white gays. Yeah. Right? And on top of that, She's not trying to sell sex, right? Yeah, to sex sells. And sex sells, especially in the white world. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. Rhapsody is sexy. She can do whatever she wants to me. But that me being biased because, like, it's a little bit of the Carolina in me. It's a little bit of the Brooklyn in me. It's, you know, Rhapsody can do whatever she pleases. I'm, I'm just... I'm just going to say that. Okay, so <laughs> we are here. We yeah. were not. We we did not come here to talk about Cardi B. Um, but okay. uh, but life happens. <laughs> life happens. I gave it's you okay. a whole. I gave you a whole little mini series of me and Sepa just discussing our hatred of well, her hatred of P Diddy. So like, good luck. Oh, that. that's fair. Uh, that's so respectable. That I could get into that for a minute because he's screwed over so many people. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Continue you want. Continue you want. <laughs> and then, and then the, after that mini series, you got a whole, you got a whole snippet, a, a preview, if you will, of Carbo's hatred for Charles Manson, and that's just beautiful. That is just beautiful. I, I hate the man, but Carbo's hatred is way better than mine. It's like it's a piece of art. And that book Carbo makes art. I put it on my wall anyway. I bought about three of homies art pieces. So, but we are here because, and I, it's weird because as a, as a black queer NB entity living in the world, screaming they, them all over the place, 
if I, I feel like I don't have enough black queer male energy on the show, you know? Sure. And like growing up as a black male, like just the other queer one, it's like that's a, a form of a kindred that, you know, I have. And yeah. like my, you know, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Black men annoyed the fuck out of me. Y'all do. <laughs> Y'all really fucking do. But it's like, but like, I'll be rooting for y'all. Even the gay ones. Even the gay ones. Of course. Cause they're, cause they're the craziest ones of all. And that's, but I love the mess. I love the mess. I love it. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, so we're not going to start at the beginning. We're going to start at how old were you when you came out? So the very first person I came out to was my best friend because she came out to me way back in the day. So I was 20, I want to say, was the very first time I came out to someone. So it's been about seven, going on eight years at this point. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So... It, was it like, did you come out to all of your friends first or did you come out to your friend and then your family and then? It was a bit of a mixture. So first was my friends just because you're just easier to talk to friends about stuff like that versus family. So Especially at that age. Um, exactly. And for me, kind of what made me realize it was during my last year in school and I was seeing this girl and I was kind of going through these feelings and emotions. And I just just like sat there and questioned things on my ends. Like, am I doing this because I want to, or am I doing this to like fit in? It's the side forms and that type of thing. And then from there, that's kind of when this whole process kind of started per se. So um I was 20 going on 21. I remember I was going. I was on a trip, family trip to Memphis, and it was like late at night. And I think I just called my best friend and just kind of let it out. Oh, I mean, so, that happened. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then from there, from a family standpoint, the first person I came out to was my aunt because she's lesbian. So obviously, I was like, okay, this is be easier. So I was. Oh, shucks, 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 shucks. I want to say I had been 21 going on 22. So maybe like a year after that first, those first interactions. So, wow. yeah. Wow. Wait, so, because I'm, I'm trying to imagine like, I mean, you know, I come from a very gay ass, lesbianic family myself. Mm. So, so it was, I guess it just, I just took it, for granted that like you know when coming from a family of like other queer elders yeah that it would have been easier to come out early because i came out at 13 mm -hmm. like yeah was it one of those things like did you feel did you feel weird about coming out knowing that you had a lesbian aunt uh not necessarily i feel like for one of those things for me i wasn't 100 sure and when it comes to like even if that's, like, for me, dating, like, I try to be very methodical and, like, sit with, like, my uh, feelings and emotions, or I try to at least, but during my younger years, 
um because i was trying to run away from it so much i just kind of like bury myself inside being busy excuse me allergies and active and like god and now that whole organ fire shenanigans it's like hazy here a bit so we're getting yeah i heard it was i heard it was like cloudy as fuck through a, a lot of places in north carolina right now yeah so that's how my oh god like close the windows allergy messing up so I apologize in advance. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I've done this show hungover as fuck. You are fine. Oh God. Um, but yeah, I just like for me, I just kind of feel like it's like overcompensate myself and like academics, like being seen and like popular. I feel like if I did that, then um, that like shield me from this thing per se. And then uh, college only continued, probably exacerbated a bit more with like, excuse me, like Greek life and being ambassador for university. And I don't regret my decision by any means because it got me to this point where I'm at today. So I'm definitely thankful for those opportunities. Um, however, like reflecting back, I definitely felt there was a bit more of an ego driven reason why I was doing it at the time versus. Mm-hmm. Um, like I truly want to do it, which I do, don't get me wrong. Like, I want to have done it, but like I want to be seen, I want to be popular. Let's just call it what it is. Um and versus doing more so like a servitude standpoint, I guess. So that's just me <laughs> reflecting now being in my late 20s versus when I was what 19, 20 at the time. Like, I'm a totally different person now. <laughs> I the person I was at like 19, 20, the baby gay that I was was a, a disaster i i mean a, a disaster so well here's the thing for me so like at that point i was messing around with dudes i was 19 when i started so i was kind of like a late bloomer like after my freshman year of college i'm like okay so well, like I was explore- exactly i was dabbling i pretty much knew at that point but I was dabbling, like, let me be sure, just to be sure, you know? I mean, so. I was definitely, um, I was definitely helping a few fat boys dazzle during my stint in college, so I get it. Okay. Uh, I, I, I get it, I get it, you know, um, thank God I dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the best I ever did. I, I, and it, it sounds weird to say the best thing I ever did was drop out of college. Um, but I think it's also like because it stems from growing up, especially coming from a black family, there are expectations on every child, right? From yeah. the first one down to the last one. Because mm-hmm. if the first one doesn't fulfill them, we're going to put it on the next one and then the next one. And it's like, yeah. For some reason, you get the weight of not even just your whole generation on your shoulders, but then you also get the weight of the, the your parents and, and aunts and uncles and grandparents and our yeah. ancestors all put in your shoulder to go to college and fulfill a life that is their dream. Right. And it might be their dream for that they wanted for themselves, or it might actually be their dream for you. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, for especially for some people, it's like you know because of that, you you, you don't feel comfortable enough saying, "Hey, so um, I'm fucking around with the same sex. Uh, 
I, I, I know this isn't part of the plan. I know you wanted me to have the 2.5 kid, the white picket fence, and the Dalmatian. But that ain't That's happening. Not happening. Like, I'm going to name that Dalmatian Scamp, though. I'm going to get me a Dalmatian one day. It might be. <laughs> if they can make mini Dalmatians, bitch, yeah. It's over. <laughs> it's over. But, like, I get it. Like, it's one of those weird situations, especially like you grew up in a predominantly white town, right? Yeah. Well, so this, so that's an interesting thing. So I lived in the city my entire life, always been a city kid, but I got bussed out to the suburb school. So um, I kind of got a mixture of both worlds in a sense. So during my like childhood years, my neighborhood was pretty black. Um, it was a fairly mixture, I should say, but it was predominantly black. It was Fairly mixture. It was going through the early, at the time, I didn't know, early gentrification stage. This was like early 2000s type of thing. That happened. And then... We were all once, blind. We were all blind. Exactly. Then the gates took over, and then everyone else is there now. So it's totally different. What? What is it? Look, the, it, it's like the early 2000s, if we all look at it, it was all planned out, okay? Mm-hmm. All we needed was 9-11 to happen in order for us to get to Afghanistan. And while Afghanistan is happening... The, the the gays are starting the gentrification in mm. these in these cute little towns and neighborhoods and like city areas and then next thing you know the gays move out once they knew that they could get their legal rights to get married they moved to the suburbs i it was all planned it was all planned i don't know by who <laughs> i there's definitely a time behind it absolutely um I mean, and and then during my adolescence years, we moved just a bit further south within the city. So I was still in the city, but it was a predominantly white neighborhood that I was at yeah. as well. So yeah. uh, during my adolescence years, it was pretty white compared to like my earlier years. Um, even though middle school was kind of like a weird transition because I switched school districts at the time. So I had to get my funny in, but like once I did, once I got to, like, my teenage years, it was pretty wide for the most part. And, and, and like, it was, it's always so weird. Like, when, when you go to a, when you're in high school, mm-hmm. when you're in a high school, because, like, that's that point in your life where you're starting to really form your own thoughts. You yeah. know, no shade to middle schoolers, but, like, y'all are just sheep. Oh my god, middle school was awful. I like to black out middle school as much as I can because that was not a fun time at all. I don't even know. I don't know what I was doing. I know I got kicked out of one school. I at least one. I I'm (laughs) I don't know I don't know anything from all I remember is that I had these cool friends in middle school and like I'm still friends with some of them now. But if you Mm. ask me what happened five minutes before that picture was taken of all of us? And when we were in eighth grade, I have no idea. Yeah. None. But when you're in like high school, you're starting to form your mind. And it's like, especially when you're in a predominantly white town. Mm. I, I always feel like it's so important for everyone to get a mixture, like an yeah. even mixture even though that's hard to find, but because one thing is like as black kid, we, if we're only around our own people, we become, we, we, a lot of, for some reason we form certain homogenous 
mind thing. Not fully. Yeah. But there are certain things. There's a certain mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And then if we only, and then add black kids, if we only hang out with like, you know, 95% white kids, a lot of us, and I've been talking to a lot of my friends who are, you know, who I have now who only had white friends growing up, they're like, yeah. I was taught to hate myself. Like, there's a certain level of self-hatred we're taught when we're only around white kids. But we yeah. didn't know it, and they don't know it. Yeah. And it makes it hard. Especially, like, you know, at least you didn't have to worry about being, like, the token gay in high school. That was... No. So that was my, one of my OG friends. His birthday was actually yesterday. Um. So he had more of a tumultuous. So like my high school experience was actually pretty positive. Like, I mean, Grant, I wasn't out at the time, but um, I was pretty well received um, during my high school years. Um, at times, like retrospectively, I do question. And like, again, I wasn't. So like, when it comes to like, my friends, like my OG friends have always been people of color, like from middle school, like that was my group. Most of us are still friends with each other now, just like being in that environment. So we've been friends through and through, going on almost 20 years at this point. Um, outside of that, it just like socializing just because it is 80% white at the time. I think now it's like 85 at this Ooh. point. So, yeah. you know, that's a, yeah. and I was like, it's got to work. That's a, you know what? You know what? I, <laughs> the high school I graduated from. When I look back at it, I didn't know that there were that many black kids in our high school. I thought like, we had a decent amount, but like when we look at the numbers, I'm like, there's not that many. Like there's not that many, but then when you put us all in one area, it was, it was a lot of us. <laughs> I like I remember I remember there was only one time that I remember seeing a bunch of black kids at that school. And it wow. was when the senior prank was somebody prank, quote unquote, somebody put a Confederate flag on the school flagpole. And all of the black kids, I'll never forget, every black kid in the world turned one corner and I said, oh, that's a lot of niggas. And I was in shock. Then never saw them again. That is so funny. So how big was your high school? Supposedly, I can tell you, actually, mm. if we go toward the way that the separation was, there's supposed to be four small schools. There's supposed to be 2,000 students total. So okay. each small school had 500 kids. So, like, I was only dealing with, if I was only in one small school, than the art school. Okay. So I was only generally with, maybe a thousand of them because the arts and the health science had lunch at the same time. Yeah. And we shared hallways. Mm-hmm. But like those were mostly all I saw only two two black kids in the health science school. That was like I remember yeah. when I compared it to watching Clueless. Oh God. No, I totally could understand because like I for me, when I was in um, my first year in high school, um, I was just playing in regular classes. And I knew, like, I had more advanced capabilities at the time. And so I was getting bored in class. I couldn't see my classmates. I was with the shitheads. It's a call what it is. 
And so after that, my first semester, I started switching into like honors classes. And from like that point onward for my next few years, that's more or less why I did like the honors AP dual credit courses. Nope. And nope. granted, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I mean, great. I was always, I was being, besides being the only black person, let alone only one few people of color. That's because that was just our environment. Nothing like negative happened per se, or like, uh, I guess. Um, but our classes were smaller. So, I mean, even that was the case. There was probably what, less than 20 of us in the class. So, it wasn't that big of a deal for me, I guess. Oh. And we were mostly in the same group. So, I mostly knew everyone. Oh, yeah. Cause it's all like AP kids. So, yeah. Yeah, so you went with the general population amongst us little people. I get you. No, I didn't mean it like that. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I feel like for me, um, even though like I was relatively popular in high school, um, I'll just say like this theme in my life has just been like being isolated, I guess, whether it's my race or my identity or my views when it comes to things. Um just this thing of like, I don't know, almost like a lone wolf mentality, but I guess that. So at a certain point, I just kind of like detached, got used to it. Because uh, like for me, there's certain things that I want to do, and I'm not going to stop myself. For the most part, I'm not going to stop myself because, oh, I look like this for a second. Like, I want to do what I'm going to do regardless. If you feel uncomfortable, that's on you. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to stop. Yeah, I feel like we went, and it's crazy because, like, as, Thankfully, the world is changing now to the point where I feel so much more comfortable doing what I want to do. I mean, I grew up a free yeah. black kid. I grew up, I was, I mean, generally, I grew up a free black kid. Like, my grandparents pretty much didn't tell me no. They just told me not to die. Like, there was a difference. Basically, that's how my grandparents were. Um, And so, because of that, I was, like, very lucky. But at the same time, mm. it was one of those situations of, like, I knew that there was, I always felt like there was a certain level of like, well, you can't do this. Like you can yeah. do the most you want to do until you reach that level of like, mm -hmm. you can't do this because you know that if you get caught or somebody, excuse me, somebody says you, you are not worthy enough because of the color of your skin, because of your sexuality, your sexual, you know, orientation. And it was just like, ah. And then it was like, what? And like, actually, yeah. when you look back on it, you're like, what the fuck did I allow myself to stop doing certain things for? Yeah. And then now as an adult, it's like, oh, I can finally breathe. Like, as a Black person, as a queer person, like, I mean... We can't breathe the way like we want to. Right. But we are feeling a little bit more. Um, we are feeling a little bit more content with knowing, knowing what freedoms we have. Yeah. You know, I'm trying not to get political today. I'm really trying not to because, like, deep down... Like, I mean, I, the topic's pretty political I, itself. I mean, my like, existence is political, I know, but, like... Exactly. Oh, my God, I wanted to talk about, like... Like, I wanted to talk about, like, gay gay shit. Give me the gayest okay. shit you got. Give me the gayest okay. shit you got. What is, what is the gayest way you've celebrated Pride, 
please remember that there are certain parents listening to this, so we don't need to know about the jock strap. Okay. Um, <laughs> so during that, okay, so you know here, I live in Charlotte. Um, so their pride is until August. So yeah. I didn't do anything for that specifically. I think I may have a drink or two or something like that, but I knew I was going to be gone for the most of July. So I just kind of celebrated after the fact and just kind of traveled throughout the country, different places. Um, I went to Seattle for 4th of July weekend, which was pretty fun. Met some people there. God, my allergies are freaking funny. Sorry, I keep scratching my face. Um, <laughs> I went to San Francisco for the first time, which was interesting. I definitely have thoughts about San Francisco. You you need to smoke a blunt. You need to smoke a blunt while walking through because you have you have thoughts. You have a lot of thoughts. I do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then um, ended off with New York. I was there for a week. So um, no, it's definitely. So I'm gonna talk about San Francisco because I definitely have preconceived notions and expectations while I was going there. Um, Wait, did you expect it to be like? hella gay and hella open or did you expect it to be like hella gay and hella uppity um the hella gay i still agree with um she kind of hood i'm not gonna lie like oh. Francisco definitely hood. i was like they make it sound glamorous and pretty i'm like this is not rough like they, they this is okay San Francisco the parts that are nice the parts that are nice are fucking incredible but like the, the cut it's a cut like i'm like oh girl and you I never issues... you never read my angelo's um uh, to kill a mockingbird we did back in like high school but i was like what so i that was my first that was my first ever like my first time ever knowing that san francisco had ghetto because like mm. i remember watching full house that's yeah. the that's the san francisco i knew growing up like yeah beautiful right and then I remember like reading To Kill a Mockingbird in like grade 11 or 12. And then I was like, oh, okay, she got some ghetto ness. Ghetto. Yeah, ghetto. I was like, yeah. I was like, ooh. Like, don't even like, I'm used to New York. I love New York. Like, you know me. I'm best trying to move up there. So it's like, I'm used to New York shit. But like, I wasn't expecting that thing because they would say, oh, California, you know, I think that's my issue with the West Coast is to chill. And they don't get things done. So because of that, I oh, know they got gentrification uh, they have this being done. Gentrification rapid, is being done. rapidly and crazy. It's so expensive to live there. I so we stayed out in Coma, which Coma is like my favorite and worst. It's like the worst thing you could ever say about me, but it's also the best thing you could ever say about me. That I love Coma. What part of San Francisco? So it's just like it's just outside of San Francisco. Like you have to take the train. It's its own town. Okay, cool. It's like twenty minutes by train. That's but bad. it's a commuter city town. But it's like the dead outnumber the living fifteen hundred to one. Yes, the cemeteries, the the neighborhoods. There's a few okay. cemeteries. There's a great big hill where you can see like daily city smog. It's beautiful. So we, we went from Colma and we went up to San Francisco and we were driving through and I'm like, oh, San Francisco is so cute. Look at the bridge, look at the houses, look at the hills. Oh, wait, am I in the Bronx? When I saw them hills, 
I, when I saw them hills, I said, you know what? Nobody can complain about the Bronx ever again. Nah, those hills are killer. Like, those first couple of days, I just walked and walked. I was like, I felt that in my glutes those first three, four days. It was, yeah. But, like, did you, have you ever done, like, a Pride in, like, another city before? Yeah, I was in World Pride in New York back in 2019. Okay. So I was up there. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, because San Francisco Pride is amazing. Um, yeah. World Pride, I don't, I'm going to be real. I, I went it. because it was a 50th anniversary. That's the reason why I went. Like, it was a monument. That was the first time ever being in New York. Like, so. Oh, my God. So, I remember the first time my grandfather and I took a walk, like, downtown. And, like, I'm, like, maybe 17, 18 years old, Right. All I know is I had a fake ID. Like, that, I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> my grandfather and I took a walk, and we were, we were on the west side, and then we, he, we were in the park across from Stonewall, like the Memorial Park, and he just pointed yeah. and said, but you to see. And I'm like, Stonewall? He's like, yep. And then he was like, this is your history, bitch. <laughs> And then, like, when oh, I went man. to World Pride, World Pride was insane. It was a mess. It, it was, was absolutely insane. Mess. There was a part, look, I make a point of, like, walking through the streets at night during Pride Week, like, yeah. with my friends. Like we'll, like, we'll take a good walk from, like, Hell's Kitchen all the way down to the West Village just to, like, see everything. It's a lot of walking. Yeah. My, my legs, whoo, great. They're in great shape. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would like, I remember there would be certain parts of it, like, you'd be like, pride is happening, woo, get a few drinks, it's a regular fun time, and then, yeah. like, you know, you went into the gay frat boys, I, they exist, and then you went into, like, that weird part of Chelsea that is slightly feeling like the Folsom Street Fair festival, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah, now. And then yes. you finally make your way down to the village. And you're like, this this is like, that was the weirdest, loudest pride I've ever been to. Yes. But it's not the, but like the worst thing, I will say this. The worst thing I ever did for pride was when I was younger, because we all have like first pride stories, young pride stories, when we take our best friends who are mostly straight. They were all mostly straight, except for like one of them at the time. Oh God! <laughs> um, we had a sleepover at my place, right? Now, mind you, mm-hmm. I was living with my mom at the time. My mom and my stepdad. So, my mom and my stepdad, their bedroom was across the hall. It was like six of us, 17, 18, 19 year old chilling in my bedroom yeah we made duct tape shorts around my body that was how we spent the night before pride oh god and the plan was for me to wear them at pride oh i could not even drive i can't even get to the car in them yeah oh my god i (laughs) We all plan bad outfits for Pride at some point in our lives, okay? And it happens. I will say this. 
I have to say this because it's very important. Do not wear every form or piece or clothing that you have that has rainbow on it at Pride. All that rainbow does not match. No, absolutely not. Horizontal rainbow does not match with vertical rainbow, and you don't put a rainbow belt on with a ra- with a pair of rainbow socks as well. Yes, no, I absolutely agree. Hold that thought for just a second. I need to take my trash out before the valet people come. Get- I like how you have valet people. Okay, fancy bitch. <laughs> fancy bitch. Fancy bitch. Okay, so anyway, because. I, I'm, I'm going to get sidetracked throughout things. And I actually wanted to ask real questions because I wanted to try to pretend like I'm... Because as someone who is trying to pretend like they know what they're doing on their podcast, I should know how to have, like, actual guests and have actual conversations. Like, you know, a guest and host format of questions. Okay. However, what happened with this show is, like I said coming in here, arm flailing. I'm high. I get I'm, it. I'm high. So, uh, so here's a so here's one thing because like, I mean, I predominantly like mostly I've dated ma- masculine appearing people, mm-hmm. um, for the most part, and so like my family always just, you know, I always had a guy home when I was yeah. younger, right? So like they never. It was never a big deal for me to bring a boyfriend home or a partner. But did your parents like freak out your first time you ever like brought a guy home? So funny story from like an official standpoint, I never brought anyone over just because I for me, for me, for you to like see my family, like I really had to care about you. Like they see like my friends and whatnot, that type of thing. But from like a significant other standpoint, they technically haven't yet. So um, and then, too, it doesn't help that, like, they all live in Missouri. I live in North Carolina, so. Okay, that's fair. Have they ever seen yeah. you post a nigga? Uh, I mean, and do you be friends. posting niggas? Do you be posting niggas? I don't. So, like, I honestly. Okay, you are smart. Yeah, I don't. Like, I'm a pretty private person. Like, I'll post, like, stories and whatnot, but, like, actual posts themselves, I know. Like, if I want to see her post about you, like, I really had to sit there and care about you type of thing. And that takes time and effort. But, like, once I'm there, like, I'm there. I'm very committed. But that takes time and effort. And most people aren't wanting to do it. So, I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. I made the mistake of posting one dude. One. Mm -hmm. Well, two, but we don't talk about that. But I posted one dude. And after we broke up, Okay, so Raleigh is small. The gay scene in Raleigh is small. I can imagine Charles is small. I can let alone Raleigh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, Charlotte is small, but, like, weird fractions. Very weird fractions. Yes. It's very seg- segregated. It's segregated. Oh, yeah, I mean, so it's segregated fucking Raleigh, too. Um mm-hmm. But, I mean, there is the occasional overlap. And, like, we be knowing who we are when we see each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? We know where the overlap lies. But, like, I remember after I posted this one dude I was dating, and then after we broke up, for, like, seven months, people kept asking me, well, what happened to that person? 
Yeah. And that was a very early lesson of letting me know not to post a nigga. Yeah, I um no, definitely. And like for me, because when it comes to like dating and that type of thing, but like for me, because I did come out much later compared to most people. Um I really just want to take that time to like explore myself and have fun because like I was always caught up in school like my entire life. And again, like I always knew from an early age, like I was gonna go to college in that type of situation. So um so like that was my first what 21 years of my life, you know, that is like sat there and dedicated to that or 16 years technically. But um no, it's like take those like early and mid 20s, like really explore myself and like start traveling a bit more and like meet new people in different places and everything. So for me, I was really focused on that. I'm kind of glad that I did because even though I haven't been in like too many like relationships per se, um, I've seen from like my peers or like my parents, like, okay, this works, this doesn't work. And knowing for myself, like, okay, I know the things that I want or I'm willing to tolerate. So, you know, um, it's it's so much, it's really good when you know what you want out of a relationship. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And even if like that person doesn't meet every expectation, you don't have to meet every expectation. And people think, yeah, it's just like there's like, there's a bar. I want you to try to make it halfway there. I'm like, and the bar should not be on the floor because apparently it is for the general population now. Yeah. No, and that's my thing. Like, because he was like, oh, I don't see how you're not with someone, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to settle for the sake of settling. Like, I'm too comfortable with being by myself. Like, I grew up mostly as, yeah, I have siblings on my dad's side of family. But I lived with my mom my entire life, and that's I grew up as an only child, so that's like the experience I identify with, because yeah. I never really lived with a sibling, so. Um, and I don't want you in my space, ever. <laughs> right. I let very few people in my space, but like I said, like, my friends I have, they've been friends for years, like, so I'm loyal to the people who I'm close to, but... That takes time. There's a probationary period. And most there people a, don't make it past it. And that's, and <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, though, I always knew that, like, my, whenever I got married or settled down, because, like, let's be real, I really don't want to give my mother a wedding. Um, I, I feel like torturing her for a little bit longer. <laughs> Some days it's when are you giving me grandchildren? Other days it's when are you giving me a wedding? So, torture. I, as much as I can for her. Um, but I I always said, like, I know what I want in my marriage. And, like, I know what I want in my, in my relationships in the future. Because even though my grandparents were, you know, cisgendered, heterosexual, apparently. From yeah. what I understand. From what I understand. But who knows? They're the, they're the silent generation for a reason. Right. But, like, watching them work and be so cohesive together, like, it was great. That's what I wanted in a future partner. But yeah. at the same time, it's like having to navigate in the world that I'm in, especially currently, like, I'm, 
I'm enjoying my alone time. Yes, I definitely agree. I am. I'm. I feel like I'm enjoying because, like, let's be real. I'm no longer a baby gay, right? So right. I know what I want. I've seen some things in life, you know, and like I'm ready to experience, re-experience the things from my early twenties and my thirties. Because apparently 30 is the new 20. Yeah, I was like, I find 20 is just an extension of our teenage years and just more ability to do things we weren't able to do. Right. Honestly. Because when I'm in my 30s, I'm going to be doing big gay shit. Yeah. I'm going to go to every Pride. Every Pride. And on the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go back to Atlanta Pride because that's wild. I can only imagine. I need to go. I need to go eventually. I just, uh, I feel like for me, I like my walkable cities. And Atlanta is just not a walkable city. I just don't want to be in a car all day, every day. It sounds okay. annoying. So that's fair. Um, because especially if you don't want to end up on Peach Tree from Peach Tree, going to the next Peach Tree, going to Martin Luther King. Yeah. Um, and I actually know exactly what I just said. Um, but like. It's, it's exhausting. It's so exhausting driving. Like, I remember one time I was trying to get from downtown Manhattan to, like, to like uptown. I was just thinking, thank goodness for the train. Right. Oh, my God. Because living in a place where the only public transportation was the bus. The bus. The uh, bus. Oh, my the God. Bus. Oh, my God. That's uh, let me let me let me explain something. There isn't there's only one bus system I've ever liked, and I can only say I've only ever liked half of it because it only worked for like half the day. Okay, and that was in when I lived in Raleigh. <laughs> like the bus in New York, in Queens, you gotta line up. Yeah, you gotta get in a line. Like they be looking at you crazy. In in Brooklyn. You're going to get what you're going to get. You're going to get everybody in Brooklyn on that bus. I usually take the subway and just walk. I refuse to take the bus. Unless I absolutely have to, I'd rather not take the bus. I usually I take mean, the subway and just walk. There is a train system in Atlanta. There is a train system in Atlanta. Girl, however, that's not however not it's not as in, in, integral. Mm-hmm. If I'm, nope, that's not the right word. Um, Involved. That was an issue I was San Francisco too. Like getting around there, I'm like, oh, you still need a car in this expensive ass city. My God. Um, <laughs> well, thank goodness for car insurance, you know, because those hills it'll flood right on down, oh right God. on down. That was such a nervous wreck. So we went to Castro most of the time there, and like, I was with my friend during there, and like. It was, okay, so once I got my preconceived notions out the way about San Francisco, like, it was actually okay. Um, it's very um, queer, like, super, super queer, which was like, okay, cool. Um, I was going to use other words, so I'll try to keep it PG for the family here. So I can't curse too much. I um, mean, no, you can curse. You can curse. We just don't do... We just don't do uh, sexual encounter description. That's where the limit is drawn. That is okay. 
Yeah. Okay, it wasn't that. Okay, cool. I was gonna say it was just like really faggy, like super, super gay, <laughs> gay, gay, gay in your face. <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, this is kind of like a lot to take in. Like to Easter, oh, I'm not the one to judge. Like it would come from a day. I'll be real. I'll be real. I don't expect anything less out of most major cities in the United States. I really yeah. don't. Like, when you go to West Hollywood, you know what you're getting. Yes. You know what you're getting, and you are getting... I feel like I do in, like, Chelsea and House Kitchen and the Village and whatnot, but I feel like it's different. I feel like it's more integrated, I guess. You just know. I just have, like, bing, 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 flashing lights in your face. Da, da, da. Like... I mean, um, Boys Town just scared me once, so that's a thing. Like, why? it was I was walking, and that I feel like I don't see enough alleys in New York. Like, I don't see alleys very often. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a very yeah. We have alleys back in St. Louis. Yeah, like, and, and when I was in Boys Town in Chicago, like they had alleys. Oh yeah, it's yeah. So it scared me because, like, I was like. Oh, is this what is this is this gonna be a gay bashing night? Like, what exactly? Like, I was it's, like, because I had just finished watching Queer as Folk, and, oh and like, you know how that. Okay, wait. Okay, actually, because I brought it up, did you do the? Did you go through that phase of like, like watching all of the gay shows? Uh, briefly, yeah. I'm gonna say I was probably about like ten or no. I was like 11 or 12. It was going into my teenage years. So this was part of about like 2004, 2005, mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, because like, I watched Queer Folk. Yeah. Noah's Ark. I did like the first three seasons of The L Word. Do you know the gays can't handle The L Word That's too much? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, that was more so for my aunt. I know she was into it for a bit, but I I didn't get into it personally. I heard of it, I'm familiar with it, but like get into it no. My lesbian um, drama was uh, South of Nowhere. Fair. My go-to as like an adolescent or preteen was definitely Degrassi. I love Degrassi. It was such a great show. Okay, such but was Dylan not? cute he was, he was so was, adorable he was oh my god that bushy blonde hair like he was my ideal white boy and i was ready for it he was on the hockey oh team god. and i was and i'm like a major hockey fan like okay i'm here for it um my two my top two team my top team is the rangers you know okay. i hate the islanders i don't know what they think they're doing out there on long island but they're but the the Stick to bagel. Stick to bagel. Okay? Okay? Hockey is not your forte, baby. Oof. Okay. But, like, he played hockey. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. And then if it wasn't him, it was, it was Craig during his druggy phase. Oh, okay. They were doing everything... They were doing everything possible to make... To not make Craig an addict, but make him do addict like. Oh, uh, he was very crackheady. He was very crackheady. Yes! That's all what it is. He was very crackheady. Like, but like, like, what were you doing, man? Right, like, oh my gosh. Like the gay ass feelings you get from watching Degrassi were. Mm. 
I, I, you felt like Marco a lot of the time. Oh, absolutely. That was probably one of the first times I saw like a queer character like on television. Um, that's actually my first one, honestly. And that's kind of what like I don't say I was gonna start it per se. I had other feelings before then too, but from like a TV standpoint, um, because we had um all the premium channels mm-hmm. and whatnot, so. Um, Degrassi was kind of my first like slide into that, and that's how I got into all the other ones. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I watched Degrassi, and then like because it was on the end, South of Nowhere was also on the end, and it came on afterward. Yeah, and then it was just so. It was like one of the first times I ever saw like two girls actually like in love and going through teen drama. And it wasn't like in a but I'm a cheerleader kind of way. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it was it was just so like it was just like, yes, be big gay, be all of the gay, be as gay as you need in this world, baby. Yes. And then they killed the black guy. Of course. <laughs> Sounds all white. The only black guy. The only black guy. And he came from, like, a small-ass town. He was from O-H-I-O. And, like... Ohio, oh, God. And, like, he, like, he, this was his... He got pulled over by LAPD, and that was his first time ever dealing with the cop. And especially in a black capacity, because he ain't know he was black. Oh, jeez. But, but then he had a... But then he got a black girl pregnant. And then he died, and then the baby was born. It was a weird show, man. It was so much drama. That's that's very chaotic. My God, I'm like oh. <laughs> very dramatic. Oh my God! And then and then his white brother, because he's adopted, his okay. white brother, um, ends up falling in love with his baby mama, and then they end up raising or help. He ends up help raising his nephew as his stepson. It is fucked. Meanwhile, the lesbians are the healthiest people in the whole show. I I miss watching the end. (laughs) That was real chaotic television. Oh, yeah. Very much so. It was messy teen drama. Absolutely. They were giving us, they gave us a reality show called Queen Bee. And it was about, like, a bunch of girls who were trying to be like they were going to like beauty school or charm school, but like they and but like they, they were the bitchiest girls on the block. Oh, uh, I think I vaguely remember this. It was like it was like the bad girl club, but babies like bad girl yes. club junior. Basically, it was chaotic. It was terrible. I'd watch it again. Hey, when we all. I mean, but that's what, oh my God. But, so, back to gay shit. Because gay shit. Because we have to talk about Um, Your first gay club. Tell me the experience. Oh, okay. This will be fun. I can give you a really good story. So this was, um, this was before I, like, officially came out per se so i was how was i this was 2013 i think i just turned 20 
this right before I had the talk with, with my friends and whatnot. This is like a few months beforehand. Um, I was back home in St. Louis. It was just after the finals. And uh, right during that time, uh, and this is crazy. It seemed like it's so long ago, but it's not that long ago. Um, but Beyonce's self-title just came out. And, like, the clubs went absolutely crazy. So, like, obviously, they were playing that the entire time. And, like, it was just such a fun and, like, a liberating experience. It's like, I just danced the entire time. Like, it was super fun. I was with my friends. Such a, such a fun time. Um, but yeah, it was called Attitudes back in St. Louis. It was the hip hop night on Thursday. It was actually pretty solid. Why is hip hop night always Thursday night? Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere you go, hip hop <laughs> night is always Thursday fucking night, which is also mm. the same night as college night. Mm. So it was 18 hours. Like, and then, like, what the, f- why? Why? But I, mean, like, but I mean, college kids play a lot of hip I mean, like, even in, like, in the party music is hip-hop music. It's called what it is. So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. It feels racist. It feels racist. I mean, probably. Like, why I gotta be on a school night, bitch? I mean, I'm still going on a Thursday. I don't fucking care. It's technically <laughs> the weekend shit. I'm be real. I'm be real. That's pretty much how I survived most of my life. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't. COVID made me settle down. COVID made me not go yes. out on Thursday night. Now, fair. Um, I will. I mean, I've grand been gone for the past few weeks, but um, prior to that, Thursdays I started going out on weekdays, and then like a Sunday fun day, and it's like just be done. Um, yeah. Cause like I could go on a Friday and Saturday night, but it's just the same people doing the same shit, and like, and I'm fine with that. I'm sorry, I'm gonna be shallow. People. Like, I'm gonna be shallow just for a brief moment. It was funny because one of my friends posted about this, and I'm like, I definitely have similar sentiments, but I'm just like, you get this whole scene in like North Carolina. It's not the greatest. It's pretty abysmal. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, these niggas got ugly. Like, oh my god. So. <laughs> Oh, I was like, like, I'm gonna say my energy and travel and meet people this from there, and it's so much better. It is so much better. I, so much I will be real. So I feel like the Charlotte, the Charlotte queer scene is actually a part of my history. Okay. Because when my mother met my dad, they moved to North Carolina. My mom and dad were together. They were in Little Washington. Then when they broke up, my mom moved to Charlotte. My, okay. mom, my mom's mother was also living in Charlotte. Oh, and okay. That's my lesbian grandmother. Oh, cool. And all of her friends loved my mom. Oh. All of her friends loved my mom. My mom was calling them. My mom loved the gay. She thought about the gay. All about the gay. And so they used to go out to the gay clubs out there. And then when high school. Yes. They were mostly lesbian clubs. Yeah. Um, and then when I was born, I was born in Charlotte. And mm. I was born the same night that my grandmother and her homegirl and and my godmother's girlfriend were all going to the to a lesbian bar. And they couldn't go because I would be in born because my mom called them at the club. Her. 
It was the nineties. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> it was the nineties. Obviously, you're getting called at the club. You know, let's be in love when you talk about baby being born. Of course. So out there, Alley. Right up there, Alley. No, but like the 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 queer thing, like especially like in Raleigh, it was really small and it was really weird. It was really weird because uh, first of all, like you have strong DL culture in North yes. Carolina. I would say yes, I agree. I'm just like I'm not doing that. Like I'm not like I'm not going into the closet. Like I don't feel the need to like pretend like I'm your homie. Like, right. but I, first of all, I'm not. I I might not even like you. I'm I'm just here to fuck. I'm not your homie. Right. It's grinder. Let's be honest. Like let let's be honest. We all know who we are. We all know who we are. I mean, of course, of course. I'm not the one judge. Like, but if you're but if you're black, you're using the other app. You know which one it is. I know which one. Oh, of course. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Uh huh. But um, it's like. I don't want to have to go into a closet, but then you meet the other, the one, the ones who are out, and it's like, whoa, you guys are very segregated. And, like, mm-hmm. a lot of you are more racist than you think you are. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm gay. I can't be problematic. Y'all be the messiest ones. Y'all be messier than your parents that you so-called hate, child. <laughs> exactly. 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 I remember one time I was, I was talking to this dude and he was on the low, this white dude. Mm. And it's important that I say that he's white because this is going to sound so bad. He was fine as fuck. He was fine as fuck. He gave me all that I needed look-wise, right? We went to his house and his mother, after like us sitting down talking, whatever, his mother was like, oh, you know, it's been a while since he brought home a little black friend. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this might be why you're on, like, why you're on the low. I get it now. I... But I have to leave your house. Yeah, that that's a no for me. Like, I... No. Like... What? No. No. I like what? What is what is happening? Like I I was I was I'm still in shock now looking back at it. That's some funny shit though. Like, <laughs> like oh my goodness. Oh my that's, goodness. That's pretty intense. Yeah, that's the thing here. And like that's not me at all. So like when I was in school. I was always a floater while I was in high school. So I was kind of friends with everyone, give or take. Um, and so when it comes to like groups and whatnot, it was like, okay, like I had my black friends out of school with. They're like my OG friends. And like for the most part, outside the jock bro group in my high school, like everyone else liked me. So I was like, okay, whatever. Um, I mean, and the so, dogs never liked me. They never did. I was too say, wild for them. I was like, I wasn't sporty enough. I was like, I outsmart most of them. So I'm like, okay, I win. I don't care. Um, and I say it's fine now because most of y'all have definitely gone ugly since high school. I'm gonna lay off the beers. 
Ooh. Yo, did any of your high school crushes, like, because a couple of my high school crushes still look good. I didn't really have any high school crushes. Like, um, I'm trying to think. Well, no, not really. I would say it was probably some that I thought were attractive, but like, was I seeing a crush on them? Not really. Okay. Because so... like, most of the people in my classes weren't the most attractive, I'm going to be honest. So, <laughs> um, just, yeah. There's this girl that I've had a crush on since we were 10. Uh, and she is still the most gorgeous girl in my eye, right? In my eye, and I hate it because, like, I was like in high school, like, you bitch, how dare you look this good? And and she's like smart as fuck, of and, course, and she has a great personality. So like, it's so terrible, you know? Like, how dare yeah. you? Right. How, yeah. How you? How dare you be perfect? How dare you be perfect? How dare you be perfect? And then she has a beautiful son. Oh. Because she had a baby with the, a gorgeous man. Yeah. So how dare they? Uh, right. Anyway, and then my other high school crush, he still looked good, and I'm like his sister is one of my best friends, and I. Oh, that's cute. I hate him every day for it. I hate him. I'm like, how dare you still look this good? Like, I'm still friends with your sister. You should have had the audacity to, like, you know, let yourself go a little bit or become a terrible person. Right. Become a terrible person. Make me disappointed in you. At least I would have won. But no. No, they still both look good. Hey, we love it. I love it for them. Good. I love that for you. Love that for you. Meanwhile, I'm over here single and questioning why. You know what? That part might have to get edited. No, I won't. Let it be. I'm at that. I'm, I'm slowly. I've been listening to a lot of Elaine Stritch lately. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the kind of gay I am, just so you know. Okay, totally fine. So that means show tunes, lots of Broadway musicals. Okay. Um, I've seen too many plays that I should not have seen. Oh. Um, but, and I'm so I'm slowly turning into like the the Yinta gay. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm I'm turning into like. The well, not the Yenta gay. I'm turning into like the grandma gay, the ones who sit here, mm-hmm. who feed you, mm-hmm. who tell you what you're doing wrong. Meanwhile, I've done everything wrong. <laughs> I mean, hey, someone has to give that wisdom and advice. Like, hey, don't make the same <laughs> mistakes I have. Don't make the same mistakes at me, you little whippersnapper. Yes. You know, that that's also I'm calling people whippersnappers now. That's the thing. That's okay. the thing. I'm I, I think I'm an old woman. I'm I rearranged my room and now I'm like planning on buying more plants. I don't okay. uh, I wanna name hey. them. 
I want to name them. I don't want pets. I want this is the kind of gay I am. This is a weird. This is also I'm also smoking a new strain of weed that I've never tried before. Yeah. Um, it's uh it's a sativa. Probably lots of sativas. And so she kind of got me like she got me feeling a weird mellow. I like sativas. I know for me, um, it helps me more alert. It is more in my head. I guess more of a head versus a body experience. Mm-hmm. So for me, I prefer that because like I'll fall asleep in like two seconds. That's not the issue here. I just need something that's more creative and more engaging for me. And like for me, a sativa does that. So yeah. I like sativa. For me, I like sativas personally. I I like for me because I do need to like relax and I do smoke to relax because of my anxiety but certain sativas tend to relax me too much and certain ones don't relax me like enough yeah you know what I mean and so like I'm over here just like thinking um well you know there are thoughts in my brain and if I get them out they're out of my brain yeah so I don't know what level of high this is, but I'm going to talk to my weed man and see what else he's got. Okay. And, you know, see if he'll finally accept my hand in marriage because he's gorgeous. And why not have a drug dealer as your partner? At least you know what you're getting. Hey. You know what you're getting. We've all watched, you know, Power or Empire. Hello. Or Oz. One of them. <laughs> if you've watched Oz, you are a very strong soul. Mm-mm. Because the amount of prison scenes that you can watch, and it's all prison, I mean, but the amount of rape scenes that happen per season in a men's prison, if you are watching that willingly, we were all so fucked up in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. It's so funny now because it's like with like the younger generation, like Gen Z, they're so sensitive when it comes to things. I was like, y'all have not survived like the early mid two thousands at all whatsoever. Y'all got eaten alive and chewed up and spit out. They, the, you know, what one show I would like for them to reboot from the early two thousands, and I think it would be great if Gen Z did it. No, G- millennials versus Gen Z kind of situation. Sex mm-hmm. in the city. That could be, yeah. Because they can make it sex in the city with girlfriends, you know, make it a little black, make it a little sexy, make it a little New Yorky. Yeah. And then they'll be in the uptown set of Lower Manhattan, realistically, or Brooklyn. And they'd all actually be living together because they can all only afford to live together. Hello. All right. Hello. That would be, and it wouldn't be girls. Because we are not doing that. We do not talk about that terrible show. But it'd be, sorry. I just thought four girls living in New York and I was like, oh no. Oh no. Ooh, make, put some gays in it. I was gay it up. Gay it up. Gay it the fuck up. Make it so gay. I want like, I want a rainbow unicorn just to just like be their logo. I feel like that's huge for a logo for somebody's porn. Probably. 
Also, I still think Armand Rizzo is my favorite porn actor. That, you know what video I'm talking about. Wait, who is this again? I'm sorry. Armand Rizzo. That name sounds vaguely familiar. Um, the Latino dude? Pro- if I see him, probably. I'll um, show you the link. I usually watch more amateur now, if uh, anything. Um, so like, when it comes to like, studios. Yeah, is I don't know. I don't know. I feel like one from a realistic standpoint to like I probably seen all the porn studio ones. I was like, okay, what else? What else can you do? You know, like yeah, I mean, because I remember when um was it Black Rain or Breed It Raw was like the best one at the mm. time. You know what I mean? Like that was the best we could get, and then like now amateur porn is just like oh. This is where, like, it's and it's because, like, let's be real. In the early two thousands, we didn't have access to this. Oh no, not even close. Not even close. Like, we either if you didn't have a computer, you were lucky enough to like have an older sibling or cousin who had magazines from another older sibling or cousin, mm-hmm. or you if you had a family computer, you had to wait for AOL to load up. Yeah, some yep. terrible bad like dollar.com. Mm. I remember collegedude.com. Oh, god, that's the one that had the straight guy who went on. I think it was Dr. Phil, it was either or it was either Dr. Phil or Oprah, it might have been on Chelsea Handler, but whatever. He was like this, he was this, he the straight dude who did gay porn. And that was when people first heard about gay for pain. That's when I like our parents heard about yeah. gay for pain. And I was just like, oh, wow. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> dot com. His name was like Dean something. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, uh, ah, I want to no. say it's like Dean Patrick, but I may be making that up. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But it's weird because, like, I remember him and I remember watching him. And then, like, for a long time, I was like, but that was the best porn we had at that time. Yeah. Thank goodness porn has evolved. Yes. Yes. And access to porn has evolved. Yes. Because, like, let's be real. First of all, thank you for actually amateur porn. Amateur lesbian porn is the best lesbian porn I've ever seen. Like modern amateur lesbian porn. Mm-hmm. Because m- most of the shit that you see before that, like if you see like professional done lesbian porn, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. It's obnoxious. It's, it's, it's a, that's the right word. <laughs> that's the right word. Because, like, let's. What is all this excess moaning? It's, you're, why are you moaning like this? No one moans like this. Exactly. It's definitely from the male's perspective or vision versus. And then, two, like, yeah. And then, like, why are your nails so long? Why? Why are your nails so No, look, I know plenty of lesbians with long nails, and I know how they know how to work around it, but y'all aren't those lesbians. Y'all aren't even lesbians. 
Y'all are doing this for a check. So I Hello. suggest you go do like, you know, what do you call it? Uh, what do they call it? Immersive acting? Method acting? With right. some method acting with some real lesbians? Learn how to use those long nails because y'all don't know what you're doing. Nah. This is... I am, I am canceling badly done lesbian porn. Hey. <laughs> I really am. I really am. You know, I miss a time when Mia Khalifa was like at the top of the game for like hot females in the porn world before all the scandal and everything because like that's when we all were fine. Right. We were all in a happy place. I mean... Kanye was times. Kanye was still palatable. Right. Ooh, good time. Aww. Good, good. We were so young and so naive. Right. Oh my gosh. But so before we get to prepare to closing, I do want to ask you. Okay. So as a as a queer black male mm-hmm. how do you feel navigating in the world now uh so i feel like for me it depends where i'm at um so i feel like my experience here in north carolina is different just from like me traveling recently so like me being here in the southeast versus me being in the northeast is different than me being from like the Northwest, say, like, San Francisco or Seattle, per se. So um, I feel like here, just because it is still so, like, segregated, like, can't, like, it's still more of an isolated experience, but at this point, I really don't care. I find most of these people to be basics. I'm just like, I really don't care. Like, I know I'm better. Like, so, I was like, I'm not every even worried day. about this So um, I feel like it depends. Um I think because I'm just used to doing my own thing and it's kind of being the only one. Um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think. Um, I think I'm kind of used to it. It necessarily doesn't, I notice it, but I'm not like bummed out about it because I feel like, I don't feel like for me, I can get past through that a lot of the times um, once we get to know me and everything. But I mean, if you like me, hey, if not, that's on you. I really don't care. Like, that's not my, that's your problem. <laughs> You know, so it's like at this point, I just personally don't care. It's like I know who I am as an individual. Like I know who supports me and who cares about me. So that's all that matters. Uh, no, yeah, I guess that it's because like at the at the root of it all, like we we know that when we walk through the world, we already have these like what we are and who we are is already a part of us. So yeah. we already know that like there's going to be judgment from others, no matter mm-hmm. what. And no matter exactly. who. So it's all about like, hey, I'm cool with me. If you're not cool with me, that's on you. Right. And I, you know, we have to like, and it is, and that's like something that it took me a while to get to because I was definitely, again, flailing, just flailing, just flailing everywhere. Just It wasn't even just my arm, my legs too, like just a wiggly motion in the sky. That's what I was. Yeah. Um, but it's because, like, it's like I I feel so lucky. Like, it, it's weird. Like, I feel lucky to be able to say, like, 
as a black person, most of the experiences that I've had personally, one-on-one with people who aren't black are normally positive 89% of the time. Same here. Yeah. You know, so it's that that 11% of the time that I'm like, no, this is a problem. Yeah. This is a problem. And like, because the problem isn't that they're white. The problem is that like, or it's not even that they're not white. Like it can be any other race. Is that Mm -hmm. like, this is the mindset of a lot of people in higher power, like, you know, positions of high power. Yeah. That's when I'm like, this is the problem because those people right there, they can make all of it poor. They can make us exactly. again if they wanted to. They really want to. They're making their decisions. Exactly. So, I'm, and I'm like, we got to fight everybody every step we can. And right. then I'm like, and I also got to do it for the queer part of me because you know what? What I'm not going to do is get murdered. Hello. For liking dudes, because that ghetto anyway. Why would I get yeah. murdered for going into the ghetto? For liking men, do you know nah. that is adding insult to injury? Like, I love men. <laughs> it's a love hate relationship. It's a love hate relationship. I have a love hate relationship with men because what what are men? What what? are men what do you people do what do you people do what do you people do shit as an nb entity i do everything for the world because i am all of the world haha you've heard i am every woman i am everyone fair that is that's what i do be our full of philosophical bullshit that we may or may not use in the future oh my gosh (laughs) I mean, I came up in this world and I said Squally Scroop because uh, I feel like Squally Scroop is a philosophical motion. Because hey. you are Squally Scrooping everywhere you go. Yeah. You're just nodding your head as one should when they hear the word Squally Scroop. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, <laughs> it is a very concerning situation for most people. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But welcome to this show. Welcome to this show. I don't know why Thank you're you. listening. I don't know why you're listening. Um, and you're welcome. Oh my God. And you're welcome for, for joining. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Like, this okay. is fun. So, now, I have to ask you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> ah, Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. I can't oh, sing with shit. I can't sing with shit. Um, oh, well, this is a country accent, but we're not doing that here. Um, oh, God. <laughs> catch, me on, catch me at karaoke. How about that? Catch me at karaoke. Oh, God. I know who I am. I know who I am. So, <laughs> those eyes, that look of fear, that look of fear and concern. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, who let this child be out here by themselves? <laughs> all right, all right. So, Chris, dear Chris. Yeah. Why are you canceled? Why am I canceled? Oh, my God. Why would I be canceled? No one ever canceled me. Uh, why would I be canceled? Why, what problematic thing you've been doing? 
Um, well, I mean, I can't get too caught up in the weeds of what I did in my trip out of respect of your podcast. But for those reasons, that is why I am canceled. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, you are, you are, you're a special little character, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely a fun time. I'm definitely a fun time, for sure. <laughs> I'm definitely a fun time. I know who I am. I know who I am. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I do want to thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This was very fun. Um, uh, you, you, you're still in the, in the, in the lineup for husband number one through well no not one one of the already taken had been number three through seven you're in one of those numbers oh i'm so flattered well thank you um by then you'll have by then you'll have enough property for me to actually care (laughs) (laughs) and then i will get that diamond ring that i deserve you know cubic zircona only looked cute for the first couple of marriages I need to stop. I need to stop. <laughs> I should not be watching. Like I've been watching Dynasty and like Gossip Girl and then the reboot and the original. Okay, I was just about to ask on my like, which one. The the original I love. The of reboot course. I'm I'm liking. It's really good, but That's it's good. soft. It's saucy. It's saucy. It's saucy. Oh yeah. They got, they, them teachers, they messy. All right, so we're going to get out of here. Um, okay. We're going to end today's episode. I'm, I'm going to be honest, people. I am extremely high right now. Yeah. <laughs> I am extremely high right now. I am, like, looking in my room at, like, I have The Sims open, all right? And then I look at my TV and then, like, there's an episode of Op-Hop playing, but I paused it. Mm-hmm. And, like, also, y'all, listen to Op-Hop. Um, I'm just saying, query net out here. Query net out here. So, um, anyway, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm extremely high. So, I'm going to try to get to the quote. I also want to remind you people, the podcast, this podcast right here has an Instagram. It is Finn is Canceled. On Instagram at Finn is canceled. Two L's, all one word, no underscores. I don't know why I had to say all that. Also, Less Dead is dropping its first episode soon. I want you to be prepared. Okay, we're going to be talking about a very important death, um, very important true crime story that, well, true crime that has happened um, within the United States. Well, or one of our territories, actually. So it's going to be very important, very, like, very great introductory episode that I feel like it is. I mean, I don't know. We just starting out. And I am also high as fuck on that show, too. So be ready for some for some deadly shit. All right? Okay. All right. So today's quote. <laughs> so high. You look, you, are, you, are, you look like you've been like, I am... I'm just going to let this person speak. I'm just going to... Oh, yeah. Do your thing. (laughs) You're fine. Okay. Today's quote is... 
Mind the business that pays you, bitch.